and we bought a, a $3 million tape, which allowed us to multiply our portfolio even faster by being liquid and becoming the bank rather than being a landlord. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on, how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend them. I've worked with them before. I'm currently working with them right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take them up on his offer. Get a free coaching session, coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners. Hi, how's it going? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and this is a show where we cut out all that fluffy stuff. We don't do that. We get straight to the real estate investing advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to many successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs from Jay Papazon, the author of The One Thing with Gary Keller, uh, who will come up in this conversation, I suspect, um, or at least his company will. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, author, financial uh, guy whose book we've all read probably. And with us today, we have a successful real estate investor who's been investing for a while, as well as a jack of all trades, really, a general contractor, uh, a, someone who has a brokerage, many, many different experiences in real estate and being um, incredibly successful along the way. How you doing, Sid Hamid? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Joe. Yeah, great to have you on the show, my friend, and looking forward to our conversation a little bit about Sid, and then I'll let him get into it in more detail. Sid's based in near Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, He's been investing in real estate since 1989, does bank-owned property, single-family homes, does does really a a lot of different things. He's also a licensed general contractor, has built two apartment buildings, done some self-storage. He has also has a a real estate brokerage, merged with Keller Williams Group, thus the Jay Papazon, Gary Keller uh, reference earlier. Merged with that group and last year did $27 million of gross commission income. I uh, wasn't familiar with that term until he uh, shared it with me. Um, and uh, is doing a lot of different things and looking forward to hearing what he's got going on right now. So with that being said, Sid, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. Absolutely. Hey, so um, we got started in 1989. started with my family, started buying houses, residential. And from there, just 
you know, enjoyed the passion of construction and dealing with contractors and just being outside and not being in the office cooped up. So I just kept learning and kept feeding myself, kept learning and kept growing and taking a lot of training courses and investing a lot of money in personal growth. And um, I just started buying units. I just started buying one, two, three. I did make some mistakes early on, uh, but I learned from my mistakes quickly. And um, I just kind of grew uh, with my family. We bought, you know, in 89, we bought three. And then from there, we ended up buying two more and then two more. And then, um, you know, in the last 27 years, I've been involved in close to almost 300 transactions in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Uh, we had as many as uh, 55 rental properties. And then from there, I bought some land and done some development for apartment buildings, four unit and 12 unit. And then we also uh, worked on the uh, self-storage facility as well. And so I started to do my CCIM courses to get into commercial. And I've done my introduction. And then I started to do my 101 and 102 classes for CCIM. And so now recently what I've done is merge my organization with Keller Williams uh, International because they already have the model that's in place to be a successful real estate investor, an entrepreneur, a business owner. And so I'm taking advantage of their platform and their training, education, and their processes in place to grow and scale my business to $50 million in 2016. Well, I want to talk, I want to focus 99% of the conversation on your background and, and what you're doing now and learnings. But I do have a question about Keller Williams. What, uh, what specifically attracted you to them versus other brokerages? Well, the, the number one thing is, is mindset, right? So I had a chance to go through the, the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book about six times. I've gone through the uh, Millionaire Agent Investor book that was created by Gary Keller is the mindset, right? So it's about, you know, being in a soil where you could have your seeds to grow properly. And they've created a very good soil, a very good environment for training, for education, to be the success you want to be. They've created the models and the systems and technology in place for you to follow. And um, I really like the whole approach of, you know, waking up and, and meditating and spending time with the wife and the kids and then having a the whole work balance, you know, personal balance between personal wife and kids and business. So I really like the mindset and the energy that they've developed, uh, you know, outside of other firms such as Exit, Remax and Cobalt Bankers. And I had a chance to look at their models as well. But I really felt the energy and the uh, I felt like it was the right soil for me to go into uh, Keller Williams. All right. Thank you for that. I was just just curious. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about Keller Williams recently and from on from guests, and I was just curious about that. So let's talk about, you, you mentioned you, you, I think you said you had at one time 55 rental properties. Uh, do you still have 55? If not, where are you at right now? So right now, I mean, we got rid of a lot of them because, you know, rental properties is not the way to really make passive income. And so it became more of a headache. And so we're down to about five rental properties now. Okay. What happened? From 55 to five, that's a, obviously a huge difference. So what's, what, what happened with those properties? Well, we just, we just sold them off and then uh, we took the cash and became liquid. And then from the liquid position that allows to get a higher yield on going into other areas of real estate, such as buying non-performing notes. So we went and bought some non-performing notes from asset managers and we bought a, a $3 million tape 
which allowed us to multiply our portfolio even faster by being liquid and becoming the bank rather than being a landlord. So it's a totally different position from being a bank and having the mortgage rather than you being a landlord where you got the tenants paying you rent. And so, you know, we prefer being on the non-performing note side where we control the asset and we control the mortgage. You said you bought a $3 million tape? Is that what you said? Tape? Yeah, tape. T-A-P-E? Yeah, it's a tape. So What's that? when you're dealing with hedge funds out of New York and Miami and so forth, what happens is when Goldman Sachs, you know, Merrill Lynch, some of these larger hedge fund organizations, you know, the assets get into a defaulted position. And then if you're part of some of their groups, you could actually go in and buy a tape. So you could buy a tape of 3 million, 5 million, 20 million. And inside that tape, you could have properties all over the United States of America. So one of the things we narrowed our search down to are certain states like Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, California. And then we started to pick up assets in these areas uh, based on their foreclosure law, based on their uh, laws of, you know, evicting people, uh, doing a loan workout with the people there. And we excluded other states like New York and Philadelphia uh, and New Jersey because their turnaround time is such a long time to foreclose on people and to get them out of the properties. So that's what we've done. We basically changed our model from being a landlord to becoming the bank. And that's one of the reasons why we got rid of a lot of the assets. Okay. And I just Googled the word tape uh, in the context of what you're saying. And just for the best ever listeners and myself's education, if you didn't know it, it's the spreadsheet that all the loans are on that are for sale. That's what a tape is, T-A-P-E, right? Yeah. Is that is that what, is that what it yes, is? Yes, exactly. So the tape will consist of, you know, they have about, about 30, 40 uh, categories. So they have the first mortgage, the second mortgage. Is it occupied? Is it vacant? You know, what was the original loan amount? What's the current outstanding liens, the current outstanding penalties, fees, if been paid for three years, four years. So it kind of gives, gives an understanding of where that particular loan is. And then from there, we do our own analytics, our own research to pick and cherry pick the assets that we want to go after that gives us the highest yield. When did you have 55 total properties? What year? Uh, that was pretty much basically from 1989. We started accumulating stuff and all the way up to like 1995, 97. Okay. And then in 1997, you made the decision that this wasn't for you anymore. What Do you remember that moment in time when, when you wanted to divest and get into non-performing notes and become the bank versus landlord? Well, we started to see our time value of money. We started to see where our time was being you know, invested and dealing with the calls, you know, the toilets, the, the refrigerator is broken, the air conditioner is broken, dealing with all these nuances and then dealing with the turnover – and then, so even if you made, you know, let's say $500 a month and then you had a turnover and then you had to replace the carpet and paint this and this. And then when you took all the expenses of that asset at the end of the year, then you really noticed that you really didn't average out the yield that you really wanted to make. So that started to happen across the board. So we wanted a yield of at least 18, 19, 22 percent yield on our money. And we weren't seeing that. So and then if you look at the time and energy and the cost of you know maintaining those those uh, rental properties, it didn't make sense any longer. So we started to look at different areas of where we have to put in less time, less energy, less headache, deal with less you know phone calls, and then become the bank. Because when you're the bank, 
if the refrigerator breaks or the toilet doesn't work or the AC doesn't work, you don't call the bank and put in a service call. You still have to make your mortgage payment. So that's where the transition started to 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 uh, to transform into. That's where it happened. Hmm. Were you managing the? It sounds like you're managing all fifty five yourself or your your family was. Yeah. So what we had done was we had put uh, put uh, like American Home Shield. We put a, a, a servicing company on every single rental property. So we educated the the tenant to contact the American Home Shield company for any type of repairs. Then they coordinated what time the technician came to the house. And so then the tenant would pay the first $60 for the technician to come out to service whatever was broken. And so we put that into our lease agreements. So the first three service calls would be paid by them. And then anything after that would be paid by us. I'm going to switch gears now. I'm going to go to the apartment building. When did you? When were you the general contractor who built an apartment building? Uh, that was in 2003, 2004. We were uh, hired by an investor, basically some of the investors that we work with. We found the property and we basically wholesaled it to them and made a $50,000 spread on the wholesale transaction side. And then since my guys weren't really busy at that time, ended up going in there and just doing the renovation work uh, on that unit as well. And then made the money on the construction side as well. It was a pre-existing property and then then you did the renovations, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So it wasn't building from the ground up. It was the renovation. Yes. Okay. With that renovation, how much were they putting into it per unit? Well, so this first one we did, it had four doors. So uh, basically we had to put in a, a... a stackable uh, washing machine dryer. We had to create a little laundry room. We had to put in, you know, a different boiler system where it could feed the control, the heat, and the air conditioning for each unit. So they were putting in anywhere from twenty-two thousand to like twenty-six thousand dollars per door, and um, some were worse than others, and and the other ones were, you know. So that's what we did. We new hardwood floors, uh, new basic appliances, new countertops, new toilets. Uh, paint jobs, some crown molding, uh, ripped out the old doors, put in some six-panel doors, and some tile work in the bathroom. What did you learn from that? What I learned from that is I'd rather manage one unit with four doors than manage four doors spread out all over the city, right? Rather manage one building that has four, eight, 12, 16, 20 doors, 20 tenants, and you collect all your stuff from one area. So once again, time value of money, right? So I'm always looking at time and I'm always managing time and I don't like to waste time and I like to make sure my time is being invested properly. So what I learned is having these units all under one central area is much better than having 55 rental properties all over the city running from back and forth dealing with traffic. And then you've also gotten into storage units. What was your role there? So with the self-storage, once again, we, we found a, uh, a unit that the uh, owner was getting out of the business. We picked it up for about uh, 47, 48 cents on a dollar. And then we found an investor to come in and put in the EMD money. We wholesaled that transaction. We made about $70,000 on the front end. And then we went in there and, and we painted it and fixed the concrete and fixed the hardware and, and just got it back to, you know, an active, active portfolio, back to active uh, income producing property. And what, what when you said EMD, will you explain that acronym? Uh, the earnest money deposit. So we got the investors to put in the uh, the earnest money deposit. So we didn't come out of pocket with anything. So we made money on the wholesale transaction. 
We got the investor to put up the money and we made money during the work and we made an equity position on the back end. So we got paid all the way throughout the transaction. With uh, When you're doing self-storage renovations, what's something that you've got to keep in mind that's unique to self-storage? Uh, security. You got to make sure you have the proper security cameras, security access panels, uh, who's coming, who's going. Make sure you got the ledgers. Make sure the technology is working. You know, just security, securing people's content, making sure it's protected, making sure you got the right cameras and the, and the right operable, the manager that's going to be running the facility. Make sure somebody that has experience and knowledge to be there and be, be you know, be vigilant and seeing what the hell's going on. Now, I, I've heard from a, a guest on a, a recent episode, they said that self-storage has the lowest number of, of defaulting loans out of any type of asset class in real estate. Have you, and I don't know if that's true or not, but it, it, if, it, if so, then it supports, well, I don't know if it supports this time management or time of uh, value of money approach, but nonetheless, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, my question is, with self-storage, it is less management intensive than apartment buildings, did you start looking at that as an investment method or means, or did you go straight to non-performing notes and becoming the bank? Well, we, I mean, we do all of them. So we, we, do, we deal with self-storage now. We deal with apartment buildings now. We deal with non-performing notes now. You know, we have our real estate brokerage, which we merged with Keller Williams. So we're, we're constantly still involved in, in looking for deals and transactions in these areas. So it's not like we've turned turned one thing off. We're still out there looking and beating the bushes and creating the right relationships with the right people in the right position to find the right deals. So we're constantly looking and, and moving our money around. It's the movement of money which allows us to make money. So we're constantly moving our portfolio and our money to get the highest yield. So self-storage has the highest yield and the less the least amount of headache and the least amount of a manpower that you have to put into it because it's self-contained. And, you know, the the people going into their content to get their facility, to get their equipment, it's just an access card. As long as they got the access card and the technology is working and, and the gates are working, then you, you only need one human to really manage uh, the facility with the right security cameras and stuff. So self-storage will give you the highest yield. So if it has the highest yield and the least amount of headache, why not really go all in on self-storage? Well, it's a matter of finding them. You know, I mean, everybody's looking for them. Everybody's looking for this stuff. So it's about finding the right relationship, finding the right owners that are motivated, that are in a, in a transactional, whether they're moving on, they're retiring or whatever the case is. So it's about finding those motivated folks and then trying to get to the deal. I mean, it's, I would love to just uh, uh, rotate my money, uh, you know, in that area but, you know, you never want to put all your eggs in one basket either. So, um, you know, we're always looking. We're always looking for stuff. Sid, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? It's to find the right people to work with. It's all about relationships. It's about having trusted people around you, trusted people in your inner circle, people that would deliver what they say they're going to do and work with experienced folks that have proven themselves and that they have systems, they have technology, they have processes, they have accountability, and you cannot waste time with the wrong people. You cannot waste time with the wrong people. 
how do you determine if it's the wrong person? How do you what what questions do you ask or what things do you pick up on? Well, the, you know, the first thing is character. You really have to look at the person's character and you really have to look at the person's belief and you know how spiritual are they? I mean, is it all about money or do they have a, a bigger contribution in society and life? And so the way I live is, you know, through experiences, through growth and through contribution. So we're always giving back to, you know, tithing. We're always giving back to our local communities and, and it just, you know, just being around the right people. And you, and you, you'll, you'll feel them out in time. You're not going to know the first week, the first six months. In time, you can feel them out. You know, it takes time to feel people out. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016. Do you want to make your investment analysis a breeze while making it look like you spent all week working on it? Then go to getrefm.com forward slash valuate. That's getrefm.com forward slash V-A-L-U-A-T-E. This is Bruce Kirsch's company. He's the best ever guest from episode 128. The episode's titled Crash Course on Financial Modeling for Real Estate Investing. Go to his company's website, Get the software. You can try it out for free. It's a no-brainer. Get refm.com forward slash valuate. Best ever book you've read? Basically, the uh, the millionaire real estate agent, Gary Keller's book. I read it six times and my goal is to read it 20 times. How come? It's. I really believe it has all the answers that a successful investor needs from scaling a business, from creating the right mindset, recruiting the right talent, finding the right talent, putting them in the right position, and they're just utilizing their technology and their systems that they've already created. Best ever deal you've done? Uh, The self-storage deal. Uh, We made money on the wholesale side on the front end. We made money doing the construction side, and then we had an equity position on the back end. So we made money on the back end as well. Best ever personal growth experience, and what'd you learn from it? Becoming more spiritual, becoming more internalized, getting closer to God, and just becoming grateful for what I have and appreciating what I have and just having that personal growth to realize, you know, it's more than money. It's it's about contribution and it's about touching and influence other people. On that note, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I just share my knowledge, share my expertise, help people grow and scale, help people avoid mistakes, help people uh, get to that $100 million mark, whatever their dreams, their goals are. It's possible, it's hard, but it is possible, and I like to encourage people and then let them see the unseen. You know, let them go into the unseen and believe believe in themselves and start from there. What's the best ever way the best ever listeners can reach you? They could reach me at uh, Sid Hamid at BrickFrontProperties.com. That's Sid Hamid at BrickFrontProperties.com. Or they can call my office at 240-764-5347. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? Uh, the biggest mistake that I made is I got involved in the wrong partnership and I was looking at the deal and looking at the money and not at the individual's character. And I got I got taken from that deal. So uh, just, you know, making 
and creating wrong relationships could really cost you a lot of money. Can you quickly tell us a story on that? Yeah, quickly. The uh, story was I had this other investor that had a transaction which fell through on the on their side. Their buyer backed out and they needed a uh, a quick uh, investor to come in and drop $100,000 into a transaction to keep the transaction alive. I didn't take the right time and the energy to to really do the due diligence on that individual and on the deal. And because of being greedy and not doing the right due diligence and not putting the right time to really research and verify and validate, I got burned. Sid, this has been a wonderful conversation learning about your experience uh, dating back to 1989 when you bought your first property uh, and your family was well on your way to buying more and more and then uh, determining that at that point you wanted to become the bank in 1997 around. You wanted to become the bank and not the landlord. Uh, So you focus on where is the best time value of money and uh, where can I make the the best returns based on that. The second thing that I I took away from this is the the security uh, importance for self-storage facility. You said that's the number one learning that you had whenever you were doing the renovations of the technology and the security because really, as as you mentioned, self-storage, you can manage them with a relatively small number of uh, people hours. Uh, so it, it's really what, what type of systems do you have in place? And the third thing uh, would be on your best ever advice, the, the importance of looking past just what their p- uh, potential partners are saying, but really do they have a larger contribution? And I think that's important because... If they have a larger contribution, then they're going to be in the business a lot longer because it's going to be aligning with their needs, who they are as individuals. And you want to have not only short-term transactions, but long-term relationships. I think you set yourself up really nicely by approaching it that way. So thanks so much for being on the show, sharing your advice with the best ever listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a best ever day. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016. Do you want to make your investment analysis a breeze while making it look like you spent all week working on it? Then go to getrefm.com forward slash valuate. That's getrefm.com forward slash V-A-L-U-A-T-E. This is Bruce Kirsch's company. He's the best ever guest from episode 128. The episode's titled Crash Course on Financial Modeling for Real Estate Investing. Go to his company's website get the software. You can try it out for free. It's a no-brainer. Get refm.com forward slash valuate.